Well, good morning. Thank you, uh, Avondale School. Thank you, Deb, for the plaque. We, uh, we'll put this somewhere special. I, um, I believe that we are all part of the same family. We share the Avondale name, and so Avondale College or Avondale University College, as they're now known, um, Avondale School, Avondale Memorial, and Avondale University College Church, I think that's probably what they're going to call themselves, uh, we're all one big family, and um, it's a privilege to, you know, be part of these kids' journey and to uh, invest in them as well. If, the, if this is your first time here at uh, Avondale Memorial Church, I want to say welcome. We're glad that uh, you can be here and you've chosen to join us today. You will find in the, uh, the seat in front of you or maybe behind you, depends where you're sitting, one of these cards. This is a, a little card that, um, you know, it's a way for us to get to know you. So if you fill in this card and uh, just hand it to someone on the way out or put it in, um, you know, give it to the elder or, or uh, hand it to someone at the uh, Welcome Center, you will receive a gift and, uh, and also probably a phone call from me. And uh, who doesn't want a phone call from me, right? Yeah. So fill one of those in. Um, if you have been here before, if this is your second or third time here, if you're a returning guest, welcome back. We're glad that you could join us. And uh, for those who are our regulars who worship with us uh, week by week, we are so happy to see you once again. It's always good to see you. We have a really special service today, as was mentioned earlier, a baptism, and uh, very excited. Cass, we're so excited for you, and uh, it's, going to be, it's going to be good. So we're going to, um, well, I want to take this time to open up the Word of God with you. This is part of the service where I get to open up the Bible and I get to share some thoughts uh, from the Bible. So this is, you know, uh, one of my favorite parts of the service. So let's take a moment to pray and um, we'll get into it. Father, I want to thank you for life. I want to thank you for the greatest gift of all, the gift of Jesus. And I want to thank you that through him, we not only have life on this earth, but we have the promise, the hope of eternal life. Today, as we open up your word, speak to us through it, fill us with your presence, inspire us, challenge us, change us, transform us, and as we leave this place, may we know that we have had an encounter with you, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. A few years ago, I went camping and it was real rough in that camping. It wasn't the soft stuff. It was sleeping on the ground, um, no running water, no toilets, cooking um, over a fire. It was a real rough in that camping, right? And um, we had a good time. It was a long weekend. We left on a Thursday night and we returned on Sunday. And we had a really good time at this camp. And on the way home, as we drove home, my wife and I smelt something in the car that we hadn't smelt before. There was a, quite an unusual, uh, disgusting smell in the car, and we thought maybe some sort of animal had gotten into the car 
and had done something in the car and so you know we were sniffing trying to figure out <clears throat> excuse me the source of this smell and then uh, uh, tragically unfortunately we discovered that it was us that we stunk uh, we hadn't had a shower in about four or five days we had been hiking um, it was warm it was hot we were, um, you know, in front of, or, you know, trying to keep warm at night in front of the fire. And uh, after a few days of that, you stink, you know. <laughs> you begin to stink. And so we couldn't wait to get home. We drove the four hours home with the windows down, uh, trying not to breathe too much. And, uh, you know, when we got home, we, we peeled off our clothes because they didn't come off easy. Uh, we peeled them off. We probably should have just burnt them, but we threw them in the washing machine and uh, jumped in the shower. And I, when I jumped in the shower, I scrubbed like I had never scrubbed before. You know, you get under the fingernails, get behind the ear and in the ear. It's armpits and neck and, and all parts of your body, you're scrubbing and cleaning and toes and all the creases and folds of fat that we have, unless we're young and good-looking like Jaith. And I tell you, you know, I, I think I must have washed my hair. I had hair back then. I must have washed and shampooed my hair a few times. And when I got out of that shower, man, I smelled good. It was good. It was good to get clean, good to have a shower and to get out and, you know, you can ah, smell yourself and you smell good again. It's a good feeling. If you've worked hard on a hot day, you know what it's like to have a, a nice warm shower and to clean yourself and to be refreshed. Well, baptism is a bit like that. Baptism is a cleansing, it's a, it's a washing, it's a, it's a doing away with all the dirt and all the, the sin and all the, and all the stuff that we've accumulated and, and has kind of stuck onto us and it has followed us for maybe our whole life. And baptism is a cleansing. It's getting in that water and it's being cleansed and, and changed and transformed and that's what we're celebrating today. We're celebrating that Cassandra has been cleansed, that the sin that once stuck to her is no longer there, it's gone, that she's a new creation, that she's clean, that she is a clean slate in the eyes of Jesus. I met a few years ago uh, someone in church and we were talking and he was sharing a little bit about his life history and he shared with me that before becoming a Christian, he had many addictions, and he, uh, one of his addictions was drugs, and uh, he got involved with some pretty heavy drugs, with heroin and a few different things, and he really lived that sort of um, addiction lifestyle. And he said to me something really interesting. He said, before I met Jesus, I used to sleep, but now at night... I rest. And there's a real difference, isn't there, between simply sleeping at night and resting. And when you have been cleansed and clean, you can rest. 
And that man, he said to me, I can rest because he had had that experience. He met someone who was able to cleanse him and give him that rest. He met the author of life and salvation, Jesus Christ. He met the one who gives us rest. And as a result, his life was changed. In the Bible, there's a story of a man who couldn't find rest. It's found in Mark. If you have your Bibles, open up with me. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. I'll read it out to you. It's found in the book of Mark, which is in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And we'll begin, actually, in chapter 4. There's a story there in, in Mark here of a man who couldn't find rest. And it actually describes him this way in chapter 5, but we're going to go back to chapter 4. But in chapter 5 it says, um, in verse 5, describing this man, and always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. He's a man here who had no rest. In fact, we see the story tells us that this man was possessed by demons. It, go, it describes in beginning in verse 2, um, it says there, uh, it, when Jesus went to this part of the land, it says, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the shack and, uh, and the chains and shackles had been pulled apart by him, uh, broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. And when Jesus met him and asked him his name, he said, my name is Legion. This man here who couldn't find rest was possessed by demons in a uh, a Roman army, a Roman legion had up to 6,000 soldiers. It's possible that this man was possessed by 6,000 demonic spirits, tormented day and night, hurting, cutting himself. The people of that town were scared. They wouldn't go anywhere near that place because if they did, they could possibly be met with death. And this man here who found no rest would cry night and day. But there is one who heard his cries. And the story actually begins earlier in chapter 4 in verse 35. Here Jesus is uh, with his disciples and he's been working all day and he says to them in verse 35 of chapter 4, let us cross over to the other side. He doesn't tell them why or where exactly they're going. He just says, we're going to the other side. And on the other side, Jesus knew where he was going because he had a divine appointment with this demonic man. The disciples didn't know. The demonic man didn't even know that Jesus was on his way. But Jesus says, we're going. Up until now, Jesus' ministry has been on the other side of the river, on the west side of the river. But he says, we're going to the east. And he's about to cross over into non-Jewish territory because he has a divine encounter with a man on the other side. You know, sometimes 
when we cry out to God, we think that no one can hear us. We think that our cries have just hit the roof and bounced back. But this story tells us that our cries make it to the ears of Jesus, that he hears and he answers. So Jesus gets in the boat. He says, we're going. But on the way there, they get caught in a storm. In the book of Matthew, it describes this storm and it uses the word seismos. That's the Greek word that it uses. And that word seismos, uh, from that word, we get the word seismic. Now, you know, seismic is a word that is used to describe earthquakes. It says that the storm was of a seismic proportion. This was a huge storm that these disciples and Jesus got stuck in. And I think that this storm was not of natural origin. I wonder if this storm was of a satanic, of a, of a demonic origin because Jesus had an appointment with a man on the other side and the evil angels knew where Jesus was going. And so they, be, they started this storm to try and stop him from getting to where he was going. You know, sometimes we go through storms in life and sometimes we think that because we're in the storm, we must be doing the wrong thing and sometimes it is true, sometimes we're in storms as a result of something silly that we have done, we have brought a storm upon ourselves. But sometimes we're in a storm precisely because we're walking in obedience to God's command. And Jesus, he had an appointment and this storm began. And sometimes we're in the, when we're in the midst of a storm, we can think, oh, God is not with us. But this story tells us that Jesus was in the boat with the disciples. Jesus is on his way to a divine encounter. A storm is brewing and begins. It's of seismic proportion. It's of demonic origin. And it shows that the enemy was scared. He was scared. You see, the enemy doesn't attack something that he's not scared of. He wouldn't begin a storm for something that he wasn't worried about. He knew where Jesus was going. He knew that Jesus was going to free that man. And he was scared. And the devil hates those who are on the side of Jesus. And sometimes he tries to distract them from their walking or their calling or from their divine encounter that God has planned for them. But Jesus says, don't worry. I'm with you, I'm in the boat, I'm on my way, and that person over there that I've got to meet, that person is important. That person is important. Sometimes when you go through a storm in life, maybe there's someone on the other side of the storm that Jesus wants you to meet. Maybe there's someone important on the other side that you need to meet and tell about the love of Jesus. 
And maybe the enemy is scared of you. And so he's whipped up this storm to try and distract you. But Jesus stands up. And it says there in chapter 4 and verse 39, he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. How good is that? The enemy begins this storm thinking that he can sink the boat and destroy Jesus and his disciples. But Jesus says, hey, I'm the one that created the wind and the storms. I am the origin of life. When I say thus far and no more, they stop. When I say peace, be still, the, everything is still. Jesus stands, he rebukes the wind the storm, and he continues on his way. He gets to the other side and he meets this man. And as we read there, this man came out rushing to him, rushing to the feet of Jesus, uh, and he ends up kneeling there. This is the first time that this man has seen Jesus, but this is not the first time Jesus has seen him. This is the first time that he will hear Jesus, but this is not the first time that Jesus has heard him. While this man was up late crying, Jesus was up late praying. This is the first time he will ever hear the name Jesus, but Jesus already knew this man's name because he knew him before he was even born. Cass, he knew you before you were even born. Jesus speaks to this man. He asks him his name, and all he can say is legion. He can't even say his own name, the one he was given at birth. This poor man had lost sight of who he was and whose he was. And Jesus had to remind him that he is a child of God. Jesus knew who this man was, but the man had forgotten who he was. Jesus asked him his name, and he really couldn't show who he is or who he was. Yet Jesus says, I'm here. I've crossed an ocean for you. I've crossed a storm for you, and I'm here for you. And he says to these evil angels who have tormented this poor man, he says, you need to let this man go. He's important to me. You need to leave. You need to let this man go. I went through the storm for this man. I went through the thunder and the lightning to get here. I crossed the sea for him. You need to let him go. I know everyone else has forgotten about him, but not me. He's important to me. Jesus cast out these demons. He sets this man free. Jesus restores this man. And for the first time, I think in probably a long time, this, my, this man finds rest. He finds peace. 
Don't ever let anyone put you down and tell you you're worthless. Because for Jesus, you are worth it all. Cass, you're worth it all. He died so you could live. He crossed the sea to encounter a man that was ridden off and forgotten. And today, Jesus still crosses any sea. He crosses whatever it takes to encounter you. There is nothing that will get in his way. And it says there, describing this man, um, let's see where it is. Verse 14 of chapter 5. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed, and had the legion, listen how it describes him now, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. This man, this demon-possessed man who was lost, who was broken, who was tormented, lost all sense of himself and who he was in bondage to sin and these evil angels living among tombs in a cemetery naked the people now find him sitting clothed and in his right mind that's what happens when you encounter Jesus he changes you he transforms you he recreates you he cleanses you you're created anew a new creation in Jesus just like this man, just like Cass, cleansed, recreated. It's interesting here that the people now, it says, they were afraid. They were afraid. I wonder if the people of this region had been praying to God, asking him for help because of this demon-possessed man. And when Jesus turns up and answers their prayer, they're afraid. How ironic. And it says there in verse 17 that they began to plead with Jesus to depart. And this man, the one who had been demon-possessed, but is now sitting and clothed and in his right mind, it says in verse 18 that he begged him that he might be with him. He begged Jesus to be one of his disciples. Let me go with you. And this is the only time we find in the Gospels where Jesus says no to someone. This is the only time. Everywhere else we find Jesus saying yes to people who want to follow him and be a disciple. But here, strange, we find him saying no. Jesus says in verse 19, however, Jesus did not permit him but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis and all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. Jesus says to this man, no, I've got a greater job for you. I've got a greater job. 
can't come with me. You need to stay. You need to go back to your family. You need to go back to your friends. You need to tell them about me. Cass, sometimes God says no. We don't always understand why, and it's hard. We much prefer when he says yes, right? Wouldn't it be good if he said yes to every one of our prayers? But sometimes he says no. And it's in the times that he says no that we need to trust him. It's in the times that he says no that we need to know that he has a greater plan for us because the story goes on later on in the book of Mark in a few chapters. Jesus returns to this region and as a result of this demoniac or this man who has been healed and in his right mind, as a result of his testimony, it says in Mark chapter 7, 31, that when Jesus comes, they bring the deaf and the dumb to him for healing. And it says, he has done all things well. The people are not afraid of Jesus anymore. And I wonder if it was because of the testimony of this man. He went back to his family. He went back to his friends. Sometimes Jesus says, stay. I'm not going to take you out of this situation. I took it out of you. Sometimes Jesus says, I changed your condition, but I'm going to leave you in your circumstance. And when the people have seen how much you've changed, they are going to be amazed. Sometimes, cast God gives you the faith to go. Other times, he gives you the grace to stay. Whatever situation you find yourself in, know that Jesus is with you. Rest. That's what this man found. Finally, after many years, he encountered Jesus and Jesus gave him rest. Cleansed, created anew, a new creation in Jesus. Cass has experienced that. And today we're going to celebrate that through her baptism, a symbolic act that shows that she is a new creation in Jesus. It's a symbolic act in which she proclaims to her family, to her friends, to the world and to the universe that she is a new creation in Christ Jesus, that she loves him and that he has crossed time and space for her. So Cass, I'm going to go and get changed. I'm going to enter the water and uh, when you see me come in, I'd love for you to come and join me. Uh, While I get changed, uh, Jaith and Cullen are going to share a little bit about their uh, meeting and their story of how they came to meet Cass and their experience. Is that correct? Yeah, all right. Well, guys, come on up. And we'll see you guys. These guys are going to join me in the water as well. God bless you. Yeah, so I remember when we first met Cass. um, It was 
one of the weekdays when we would go out in the afternoons and go door knocking. And yeah, we saw Kat sitting there on her doorstep. I think she just um, picked up Jake from school and dropped him home. And she was just waiting there. We'd already visited her house and <laughs> there was no one home at the time because she was at the school. But we saw her waiting there and went, oh, let's, let's go <laughs> say hi and um, see if she'd be interested in studies. And as we were talking, we just casually asked, would you like to do studies with us? And she said, yeah, just really casually. And that was really surprising to us because we get a lot of no's on the doors. And it was just amazing. And then yeah. um, she told us after that that the night before she had asked um, for some, like asked God, she'd prayed for someone to study the Bible with her. Um, and it was just an amazing experience for us as um, Bible workers and doing God's work to be there and to, you know, be able to help Cass with um, her answer to prayer. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. yeah so, it's kind of awesome that we're kind of sharing the same story, but um, it was just amazing for us because it was a big wake-up call for myself and Jace. But as you're going down, this, you know, as door knocking, you're getting a lot of no's and there's everyone... But not Cass, she's busy waiting for us. <laughs> she's just sitting there and... Um, it's a long driveway, and you know, you've got to start talking. It's like, oh, when do you start talking? And she doesn't even let us finish, but it's just like, yeah, I'll do Bible studies. And I look at Jade, I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, she's like, I wanted to be baptized. And then I was like, I can't believe it. <laughs> and it was a big lesson for me as well for Jade that it's not us that, you know, find the people. Like, obviously, we go, but. Just before then, while I was door knocking, um, I sort of made it a bit of a tradition. I don't know if you know Desmond Doss and his story, the war hero, but he had the saying of, Lord, help me get one more. And normally I'll say that or I'll post it on my story or on um, social media, and I'll say, Lord, help us get one more. And literally just before we went and knocked on Cass's door, I posted that, and there we had met Cass, and she said she wanted to be baptized, and it was an amazing experience. And it's been a journey since, and we've known she's found a love for God, and we know her decision is true, and um, she even starts quoting off the Bible to us now, and it's just been an amazing journey. So yeah, I want to just thank you, Cassie, for the experience we've had as well. But, yeah. Cass has asked me to um, share a test, her testimony, and um, I'll be reading that I, um, uh, today, this morning, so just bear bear with us, be patient. The water is nice and warm, so we're going we're gonna to be fine. She sent me this, and uh, it's a few pages, so just, uh, just hang, hang in there. This is what Cass writes. As I ponder what I might write in my testimony and where to begin, I am distracted by all the other thoughts of, what should I wear? What song is special to me? And what do Seventh-day Adventists do, and what Seventh-day Adventists do I know who might enjoy witnessing me proclaiming my love for you? And then it hit me. Just as I had asked for your guidance, Lord, it dawned upon me. Why limit my invitations to such a glorious event to only like-minded people? Are we not called upon to spread the love of Christ to all? To not just go to church, but to be the church? 
I quickly realized it's the ones who don't know you, Lord, that need to bear witness to your undying love. I am proclaiming for all to see here today. You said I would leave a flock of 99 sheep that already believe to save the one lamb that has wandered. I hope by being vulnerable here today that it may touch even one person and give them the strength to speak their truth and seek God's comfort. I often feel the presence of God's boat in my stormy seas, often feeling a rescue ring that has been thrown out to save me. The trouble is that we all too often hold on to the rescue ring until we're pulled back into calmer seas, and then we tend to let go. We unconsciously say, I've got it from here. But what we need to realize is that if we keep holding on and undoubtedly accept the Lord's love and salvation into our minds and hearts, then our lives are filled with an abundance of peace and the strength to continue on in any future rough seas. For the Lord is the truth, the light, and our salvation into eternal life. I've had a pretty awful life at times. I try to remind myself that someone always has it worse and to be thankful. I had been abused by a teacher at just 10, sexually abused by a predator at 12. I have had a terrifying experience where a man put a machete to my throat while trying to force me into his car on my evening walk. I've been hit and abused by any man I've ever dated in my short life. The longest domestic violence relationship lasting six long years. I won't keep going as I think you get the picture. I've tried my best to raise and protect my two boys as best I know how. I have suffered greatly. God knows my suffering. Yes, my path has been confusing and rocky, the Lord knows my trauma and suffering in this life, he has, and it has felt unbearable at times. Things so horrific, professionals have asked, how are you still functioning? The answer is God. I've been given all my strength through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. And Lord, I humble myself upon my knees at your feet. I beg your forgiveness for the sins I've committed and any that I'm sure the human in me may commit in the future. I also want to take this opportunity to thank you, God. For all the times I thought I could not go on, I felt your embrace. For all the times I begged you to take me home, you showed me why my time on earth is not over yet. Though I have suffered and felt there was only my footprints, Lord, I know it was you who carried me. You bless me with wisdom, courage, and strength, and for that I am grateful. You bless me with a mind capable of undeniable faith through the test of time when there is no proof for all skeptics. I've been a witness to miracles honored upon my friends and family. Lord, I know my child's angel has stepped in on a number of occasions. Undeniably clear miracles that free my mind of any doubt that his angel was present. And I thank you for appointing us guardian angels. Lord, 
Blessed are those who have faith in him who they cannot see. This truly is the test of time. I know there are things that we cannot understand and that you are coming to bring us home, to end our suffering and give us eternal peace. And how it's easy to sin, Lord. Speaking from experience, sin can be dangerously comfortable. I strayed further and further from the glory path with each passing year. I knew in my heart I would always keep you with me and that I would never deny you, but still I strayed. But earlier this year I felt I was being called by the Holy Spirit. In my comfort zone and with lazy modern attitude I had become accustomed to and felt comfortable in, I thought there's plenty of time to live my life and return to God when I'm more settled. I unconsciously thought, God hasn't come so far and a lot more song, signs need to happen first. Of course, God created us this way, with free will, but we are not free from the consequences of our choices. I felt this nagging thread tugging at me like an invisible string. I couldn't put my finger on it and it wouldn't go away. I broke down and cried to my friend on the phone all night, telling him, I feel I'm being called by God and don't, know, don't feel worthy of him after the life I've lived full of sin. I felt lost and was unsure if I could even take on anything else in my life. I woke up the next day and felt empty. I noticed two young men who did not recognize, I did not recognize wandering down my street. Normally I'm extremely introverted and often wouldn't open the door for my parcels to be delivered. On this day and in that moment, I felt compelled to sit on my front steps and wait for these two strangers. I did not know what they were selling, I just knew I had to wait. Within moments of them introducing themselves and asking if I would be interested in Bible studies, I could hardly take a breath before I blurted out, yes. Little did I know that moments before walking down my driveway that one of these young men had snapped a photo of my home for his Instagram story and had captured the photograph. Please, God, help us get one more. You don't need to be a rocket scientist to realize the Holy Spirit was at work. The more our Bible studies progressed, the closer the friendship and bond between Cullen, Jath, and myself became. I made the decision that I wanted to show my love for Christ in a public way and asked that he may wash away my sins and have someone special baptize me. Doing this does not now mean I am perfect. I understand that God meets us where we are at and that the closer we strive for a personal relationship with God, the stronger it will become. I have never mourned a death more than watching a reenactment of Christ dying to save us from our sins how the heavens would have wept. And God said amongst his agony and suffering, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It is up to us to remember Christ and be his church. I thank every, each and every one of you for attending my proclamation of my love for Christ as I'm baptized in his holy name. For those who do not yet have Jesus in your life, I hope you may allow his seed to be planted in your heart here today and that it may blossom into a beautiful friendship and that you may embrace his undying love for us. My prayers have always been and always will be, Lord, please touch my children's hearts and keep them happy, healthy, and safe 
until you return to take us home. I pray that for anyone listening to my prayers here today, that you also keep my family in your prayers as I struggle with the daily challenges as a sole parent with children that have seen trauma. I thank you from the bottom of my heart to those who are able to be here today and make it through without any sneaky naps. I am truly blessed. So just before we do this, we have a baptism commitment that we uh, say publicly. Um, we have shared this, uh, Cass and I and the boys have already gone over this, but um, we just want to do this publicly. And Cass, I'm going to ask you three questions. Um, and if you accept, I'd like you to say yes. <laughs> the first one is, I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and Lord and I desire to live my life in a saving relationship with him. I accept the teachings of the Bible as expressed in the statement of fundamental beliefs of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and I pledge by God's grace to live my life in harmony with these teachings. Yeah. Amen. And I desire to be baptized as a public expression of my belief in Jesus Christ, to be accepted into the fellowship of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, and to support the church and its mission as a faithful stewards by my personal influence, tithes and offerings, and a life of service. Yeah. Amen, amen. Did you hear that? She said three yeses. <laughs> church, you've heard her testimony, you've heard her commitment, now it's time for the baptism. All right, guys, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Cassandra, because of your profession of faith in Jesus Christ and your desire to follow him, we now baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Thank <laughs> you.